Well, hey, King's Arms, it's great to be worshipping together again today. And I hope you had a great Easter weekend, that you um, got some time to rest and to relax and to just remember our great Saviour who died and gave his life and rose again. And, uh, you know, as we begin this next term, we've got some hope, haven't we? Hopefully um, uh, tomorrow, Monday, uh, lockdown is easing again. Hopefully next Sunday, all going well, we're going to be regathering in our uh, face-to-face meeting. So you can book online for that. We're looking forward to that. And uh, so there's lots of different things, isn't there, to look forward to this term. And hopefully you're uh, starting to see your hope lifted. We've got a joining course coming up this term. Many of you I know have joined us over this uh, lockdown period, never seen our legs, never seen uh, anything but heads on the screen. So it'd be great to connect with you if, you're, if you've joined in the last year or so, or if you just haven't been on a joining course before and like to come. Come meet some leaders, come hear something of our vision. It'd be great to, to see you there. Um, but you know, this, this uh, last term has been, particularly this whole year, but this last term has been one of perseverance, hasn't it? And I was just um, reminded of Romans 5, which talks about perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So as we uh, just come into worship now together, let's remember that, that the perseverance that we've uh, been through, the fact that we're still standing and that we're surviving and that we're still moving forward, there's something in that that's produced character in that. And that character is going to produce hope and that hope will not disappoint us because we already have a down payment. We've already got a deposit in the Holy Spirit. Uh, of his love poured out in our hearts. So let me just pray for us as we worship. And then I'd encourage you to, to engage with worship. Don't Let's not sit back on the couch, sit back on the sofa and just kind of passively let it roll over. So let's, let's give our hearts. We might not be together, but we can worship with our hearts and our souls to our King Jesus. He can hear us. Our worship makes a difference to us and to the world around us. So let's worship together. But Lord, we just pray right now exactly that, that hope would not disappoint that it would produce, uh, 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 that it would be the overflow of your love in us, that your hope and your love would fill hearts as we worship, as we fix our eyes on Jesus right now. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are raised again, that you are risen again, that you are living and at the right hand of the Father. And we just want to worship and lift our voices to celebrate our eternal, in a world of, in, of, of, of things that are, un, are unsure and uncertain, we thank you that there is something that is certain, that is you reign and you rule, and we want to worship you together in in your mighty name. Amen. Let's worship Jesus, shall we? Jesus, we we love you and we are here for you. We welcome you into our homes. We welcome you into our hearts. We just pray that this time be solely for you. God, we say that there is only one thing that we seek and it's to be in your presence. It's to be in the place where your glory dwells. So take us there. Lift us up to be near to you, God. May the sense of distance between you and us just decrease. And may the sense of you increase. Even right now as we sing, we love you. We want to know you more. So come, Lord Jesus. to the sinner's cross 
broke my shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious. Faithfulness, none can deny. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that sets me free. Jesus Christ, who lives in me. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. No beginning and no end, you're my hope and my defense. Came to seek and save the lost. You paid it all upon the cross. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen, Jesus, you. Jesus, you 
done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. We declare, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we your focus on to him I fix my eyes upon the Lord you are my focus you have my attention and you have my heart 
to say that Jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the one our hearts So we have to offer that you love it. Your presence is all I need, it's all I want, and all I seek. And without it, without it, there's no meaning. Your presence is the air I song I sing in the love I need and without it without it I'm not living so I will exalt you Lord I will exalt you Lord there is no one like you
So good to worship together and as I was um, just worshipping I had a picture of um, hopelessness and despair like a like a stranglehold round uh, people's necks and I just would love us to pray you know just as we were singing Revelation song uh, there's something about uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus lifting up our our gaze to him the one who is holy holy who is exalted uh, far above all these things that we see surrounding us that just breaks us free from hopelessness and despair and so I just want to pray for that and Lord I just prophesy right now that hopelessness and despair would come off of necks come off of where it's seeking to literally throttle people to throttle the life out of them I just break the whole of it now in Jesus name and just declare hope into people's lives and de declare life into people's lives I just pray come Spirit of God thank you Lord that you are breaking off hopelessness you're breaking off despair 
and you're doing it by your love. I just pray for the love of Christ to fill people's hearts by the Holy Spirit, to overwhelm them, to wash over them, even as they're watching this in their homes. I pray for the love of Christ to fill, to uh, to um to uh, to lift up and to break the chains of hopelessness and despair. Thank you that that's what you're doing. Thank you that you're going to do it in our hearts, that we are going to be the greatest hope carriers. And I pray this term, as we see signs of hope, signs of life, that we would carry the greatest hope, the resurrection hope of Christ, that this life is not it, that these are light and momentary troubles. I pray that we would carry that into a dark and dying and hopeless world in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd love to hear from you. If you uh, encountered the Holy Spirit, if you felt that hopelessness lift, just message me. I'd love to to hear from you. If uh, if you uh, would uh, like to share that, it'd be great and encouraging for me. But uh, a few uh, just quick announcements. One is to say that um, we... uh, Oh, offering. Yes, offering time. See, without Caroline here, I'm pretty hopeless. Um, Caroline was meant to be hosting with me today, but she couldn't make it. So um, offering time. So if you want to give to support the work, thank you so much for those who've given in so many different ways. We had a incredible love Easter offering which was fantastic we gave I think um, over 400 eggs and uh, 40 odd laptops to kids who don't have any access so thank you for those who give and partner with us in many ways financially Um, it's great to be able to partner together and just make an an impact in the world around so you can give on the link uh, kingsarms.org forward slash donate and uh, now I think we've got a video from Phil Cox who's going to give us an update on group life Hello everyone. Just to let you know, Group Life sign-up is now open, 9th to the 19th of April. We get the chance on the website to go to groups, look at the different groups that are available, and they are loads and different varieties. There have been a load of people step up to lead new groups to do different things. I'm taking some people on a walk every uh, once a month just to get to know you, to say, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I pray for you? There are people studying books. There are people going out on mission. As the lockdown is slowing down and so as we're able to come out we're able to meet together and start creating a little bit of community and connection again why don't you take this opportunity have a look on the website sign up anything else you need to know email me at groups at kingsarms.org not com org Thanks so much, Phil, for all that you do and the team do to uh, support our groups. So the sign up for groups is open till the 19th of April, so you can connect to that. And uh, I'd encourage you to do so. And let's, again, let's not be passive. There's a, there's a time, isn't there, in uh, life to kind of retress, rest and retreat. But I just want to encourage us in this summer term, this is a time to engage with other people, to engage in community, to dig back in as we can, as things open up, to dig back into community, to get out of our boxes, out into our community, connect together, support one another care for one another but also to be reaching out to the world around so I'd encourage you to do that but without further ado we've got the amazing Phil Wilthy speaking to us today looking at the ascension and the resurrection of Christ and so let's uh, let's open our hearts open our minds to engage with what Phil's bringing and just I just know he's gonna have a powerful message for us so let's uh, listen together with, to this well, hello, thank you so much for joining us today. Wherever you're hooking into this online, thank you so much for being part of our meeting today. And my name's Phil Wilthew, I'm part of the leadership team at King's Arms, and it's a real pleasure to share the Word of God with you today. And I don't know about you, but there's a real sense of hope and optimism in the air at the moment, perhaps more than there has been for many, many months, certainly in the United Kingdom. Uh, spring is in the air, the trees are in blossom, Uh, lockdowns are starting to gradually be lifted Uh, many of us myself included have had our first covid jabs 
Um, and this, of course, is Easter season where we remember that Jesus is alive. And that is a cause for hope in every single season in which we find ourselves in because we don't serve a dead God, but a God who is alive forever. And so we worship him and remember him this Easter time in a particularly special way. And today, as we turn to the word of God, we're going to be in Acts chapter one. If you've got a Bible, you might like to turn to Acts chapter one. And we're going to read there together in a few moments. And I want to focus on an absolutely critical Christian doctrine when it comes to understanding the person and work of Jesus Christ. And yet in all my 39 years of being a Christian, I don't think I've heard a single message about this particular subject. And yet I would contend with you, it's possibly one of the most important and most neglected of Christian doctrines. And really, when it comes to considering the work and the person of Jesus, you've got four key pillars to understand him and his work on the earth. So firstly, you've got the incarnation of Jesus. So the incarnation is that God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus was born as a baby in a manger that he clothed himself with frail mortality. He entered this life as a man, the incarnation of Jesus. Uh, Secondly, you've got the passion of Christ, which is everything to do with the death of Jesus on the cross, that he paid for our sin, that the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon Jesus at the cross. Thirdly, you've got the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus defeated the grave, he defeated sin, he defeated death, and he was raised to life on the third day, which means that he now can give new life to all those who trust in him. So that's the first three Christian doctrines, which we hear quite a lot about, the incarnation, the passion of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. Well, there is a fourth pillar of our understanding about the work of Jesus, and it's the one that we're gonna look at together today, and it's this, the ascension of Jesus. The moment where Jesus was taken from the earth back into heaven and sat down at the right hand of his Father in heavenly places the ascension of Jesus. And this is an absolutely critical message for us to recover today. And so we're gonna read Luke's account of the ascension of Jesus. And Luke wrote two books in the Bible. He wrote his own gospel account of the life of Jesus, Luke's gospel. But then he also wrote a history of the early church called the Acts of the Apostles. And what Luke does is that he closes out his account of Jesus' life by talking about the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And he starts his account of the early church with exactly the same event, the ascension of Jesus. This is how Luke, a great doctor, great history writer, decides how to start the account of his work of the early church and end the account of his of the life of Jesus with the same event, the ascension of Christ. And so we're going to read uh, together in Acts chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here's the key thing for today. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way as you have seen him go into heaven. So this is the moment that Luke records at the start of his history of the early church of Jesus entering heaven in the clouds of glory to go and sit down at his father's right hand side and this event clearly had great importance for the early preachers of the gospel if you read those early accounts of people talking about their faith the ascension plays a really big role including the very first sermon that was ever preached by peter in acts chapter 2 the climax of peter's message to the crowds in jerusalem that gather to hear him teach the climax is not actually the resurrection but that Jesus now has been exalted to the right hand of God. That's Acts 2, 33. That's the climax of Peter's message, the exaltation of Jesus in his ascension. Uh, the same is true in Philippians 2, which is said by many to be the first ever written Christian hymn that we have. Philippians 2, you can read it uh, right there. These beautiful words about the nature and the work of Jesus and yet Paul, as he pens those words, he skips straight from the death of Jesus to the ascension of Jesus. He doesn't even mention the resurrection. He's like, Jesus was obedient even unto death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place, given him the name that is above every other name. Paul says, listen, Jesus died and now he's been exalted to the right hand of the Father. Jesus himself, when he meets Mary at the tomb, you may remember, he says to Mary, listen, Mary, don't hold on to me. Why? Because I have not yet ascended to the Father. And he says to Mary on that occasion, go and tell my brothers, not that I've been raised from the dead, go and tell my brothers, I am about to ascend to the Father. That's John 20 verse 17. Even Jesus says, listen guys, here's the important event you need to know. I'm ascending. And so this begs the question for us as we read the Bible together today. Why was the ascension of Jesus so important? And why does it matter so much for us today? Well, I'm going to suggest to you very briefly three reasons why the ascension of Jesus matters. The first reason is this. The ascension shows us that Jesus now has authority to rule as our king. That's the first reason why the ascension matters. It's about the kingship 
of Jesus. And the idea of ascension in the time that the Bible was written was actually a really important one because at the time the Roman Empire was the dominant force in the world at the time and as various kind of Caesars and emperors of the Roman Empire would conquer different lands they would go on victory parades where they literally they would go through the streets and the cities parading their victory and it was said that even at the moment that the emperors the Caesars died that they would then ascend into the heavens where they themselves would become gods and that the cult of worshipping Caesars as deities was well known in the Roman Empire at the time because it was that they would ascend to the gods at their death. And so there is a very definite message in the gospel account that Jesus ascended to the Father because the gospel is saying this, Jesus is now the king of all kings. He's the king above every other emperor, every other Caesar. And God has now made Jesus the ultimate emperor and has given him a kingdom which will never pass away. Jesus has been exalted above every other rule and authority. He has been crowned king. And for the Jewish readers and hearers of the ascension, the message of Jesus being exalted, they immediately would have understood the ascension through the lens of reading Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel chapter 7, we get this vision that Daniel sees about a son of man coming into the presence of the Father. And this is what we read in Daniel 7 verse 13. He says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. And he was given authority, glory and sovereign power. And all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Did he understand what we just read? Daniel, years before, hundreds and hundreds of years before the ascension of Jesus, sees this vision. And in this vision, he sees one like a son of man. Now, how did Jesus refer to himself most frequently? As the son of man. Daniel saw the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven into the presence of the father where he was given dominion and sovereign rule and glory and authority and that he would rule over all the nations of the earth and that he would be given a kingdom that would never be destroyed. And Jesus unashamedly owns Daniel 7 as speaking about himself. In fact, he says it to the high priest at his own trial. You can read it in Matthew and Mark's gospel. Mark, for example, Mark 14, 62, Jesus says to the Pharisees when they're questioning him, he says, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus is saying, I am the one that Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7. I am the son of man. And at my ascension, I will come on the clouds of heaven into the presence of my father, where I will be given sovereign rule and dominion as the king of kings over all of planet Earth. And some through the years have made the mistake that 
you know, this phrase coming on the clouds of heaven is Jesus referring to his second coming sometime in the future. But I would suggest to you that's not what Jesus meant at all. He is clearly referring to Daniel 7 and then to his ascension that the disciples witness with their own eyes, where he comes not from heaven to earth, but instead from earth to heaven. He comes in to the presence of the Father on the clouds of heaven, where he is crowned King of Kings and sits down. And this is what even Stephen, as he is being stoned, saw. We read this in Acts 7.55. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, look, said Stephen, I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. All this to say, why does the ascension matter? Well, it matters for this reason. Jesus has now been crowned King of Kings. And the ascension is the demonstration of this fact. Without the ascension, you have no Christian message, but with it, we understand Jesus is now Lord of all. The second reason why the ascension matters is that it shows us that Jesus now has authority to reconnect heaven and earth together. So the second reason why the ascension matters and Luke specifically tells us this phrase that Jesus was taken up into heaven. And this is really, really significant. Now, we often, when we talk about heaven, we think about the geographical place that we go to when we die. You know, heaven is a bit like Bogner or Blackpool. It's just up there somewhere. It's like a place and it has some geography. And so when we think sometimes about the ascension of Jesus, we think of Jesus taking off like a rocket ship and flying to a geographical location up there somewhere into heaven where one day we're going to join him. But I would suggest to you that's not really what's going on in this particular passage because most frequently in the Bible, heaven is not referring to geography, it's referring to the rule and the realm of the king. When we talk about heaven in scripture, it's talking about the domain where God rules. It's the realm of his influence and his rule. And so what's happening at the ascension is Jesus is not kind of, you know, flying past Mars to finally get to heaven somewhere in the cosmos. Rather, he is hidden from the sight of the disciples and he enters the heavenly realm, the invisible realm where God is. And he sits down at the right hand of God in heavenly places. And this is important, and Ephesians 1 tells us why this is important. Ephesians 1 verse 9 says, And he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, pleasure which he purposed in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to bring all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ. Let me just summarize that. It says, this was God's plan to bring all things, heaven and earth, together in Christ. That was God's plan. You see, God's plan was so much bigger than just your personal salvation, my personal forgiveness. It was about that. But God's plan had a cosmic nature to it. God's plan was not just to sort my life out, but to sort the whole universe out, the whole cosmos, to actually unite two things that had been separated since the beginning of time, heaven and earth, united 
in Jesus. You see, at the, the beginning of the story, you can read about it in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. You can read the story. At the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden, heaven and earth were not two separate places. They were joined. They were united. And you get this incredible description of the Garden of Eden, this place of paradise, as a place where God and man, the heavenly and the earthly, walked together in the cool of the garden. Heaven, the realm where God is, earth, the realm made for man and woman, connected together, joined together in paradise. You know, Eden wasn't just paradise because there were some nice flowers there. It was paradise because God and man could coexist in perfect unity. That's how God intended it. Heaven and earth together. God and man together. And of course, the tragedy is that when sin enters the story, heaven and earth and God and man get disconnected from one another. They no longer walk together because sin has brought a separation. And so what happens in the person of Jesus is that God's plan to reunite heaven and earth and God with man come together in Christ because he is fully God and fully man, fully of the earth and fully of heaven. And when he ascends to the Father's right hand side, he is saying the work of reconnecting heaven and earth has now been finished in me. And just as heaven and earth met in the Garden of Eden, just as they met at the Ark of the Covenant, just as they met in the Holy of Holies in the temple, so all these things find their perfect, true fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus. Jesus is the true Eden. He is the true Ark of the Covenant. He is the true Holy of Holies. He is the true temple. In him, God's big reconnection project is finished and fulfilled. And that's why the ascension matters so much. You remember that moment after Jesus' death where the curtain of the temple gets ripped, not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. And that is a sign. And it's a sign of this, that the division between heaven at the top and earth at the bottom has now been destroyed. And in Christ, they've been reconnected together again. This is the way one of... The writers in the last book of the Bible, Revelation puts it, Revelation 21, he sees a picture of what's going to happen at the end of time. He says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now amongst his people. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. And ultimately, this is what's going to happen at the end of time. God is going to cause a new creation to be birthed where he himself will dwell again with his people, just as he did in the Garden of Eden. So he will do at the end of time. Friends, the world is not going to hell in a handbasket. That is good news. God has a plan to renew all things, even at a cosmic level. So that's the first two reasons why the ascension is so critical, so important for us. And then the third and final reason, and very, very briefly, is this, is that the ascension shows us that Jesus now has authority to pour out the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, it's good for you that I go away so that I can pour out the Spirit so you can receive the Spirit. 
which happens on the day of Pentecost. And Peter specifically connects the ascension with the giving of the Spirit. Acts 2.32, this is what Peter says. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And the giving of the Spirit is the final proof that Jesus' work on the cross was finished. He is now sat at the right hand of the Father and he is pouring out his presence on his people. So friends, in conclusion, the ascension matters, you know, and without it, we have no kingdom. We have no king. Without the ascension, we have no hope of the future. Without the ascension, we have no kind of power to live this life. But with the ascension, it changes everything. We understand this. Jesus is now the King of Kings. He's been crowned with many crowns. We can trust him. He's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. It means that we know that God's work is finished in Jesus. It gives us hope for this life, that he is renewing all things. He is at work in our lives. And also the ascension of Jesus shows this, that he has poured out his spirit on us to extend the kingdom wherever we go. I tell you what, the ascension really mattered a great deal for the early church. And I would suggest that we make as much fuss about this particular doctrine as we do about every other, because the ascension of Jesus really matters. So God bless you today as you think about these things. And I pray that this Easter period is one where you encounter and experience the blessing of our mighty ascended risen Lord Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Phil, for uh, uh, an amazing message. And I just would love us to um, just respond uh, together. If you have uh, just felt stirred in your spirit to give your life to Christ, maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus before, Maybe this is the first time, you know, I'm not looking for kind of hands up or, you know, you can click on, there's a link on, online you can click up, but the clicks online are, are really secondary to what Jesus is really looking for, which is your heart. You know, if Jesus is really risen from the dead, if he really is ascended, then he demands our all. You know, it, there's nothing else that counts. That's what I realized many years ago. If this is true, and if you haven't investigated it, then I'd encourage you to investigate it. But if this is true, then it changes everything. And so I'd just encourage you to, uh, if you're ready and you realize that this is true, Jesus really is the way, the truth and the life. He really is the one who's ascended to the right hand of the Father. Then it's time for you. It's time for you to give your life, to follow him, to choose to follow him. And I just encourage you to do that, uh, to make that step. And I'm going to pray for you. But really, the next step is to, to talk to someone, to engage with someone, to help them. Because all of us who follow Jesus needed someone to help disciple us, needed someone to help us uh, to learn to follow him. So I encourage you to find someone. You can click online. They can help you find someone. You maybe know a friend or a family member who can help you. But I'd encourage you if, you, if you want to choose to follow Jesus, you need to do it in community. No one can really do it on their own. But Lord, I just pray now for anyone who's wanting to respond to Christ today, anyone whose heart has been opened by Phil's message or by the worship to 
choose to follow you. Jesus, I pray for them now. I pray for courage of their convictions. I pray this wouldn't just be a, a flash in the, in the pan, a moment uh, that's easily forgotten, but actually they would choose the radical step of following Jesus in, a, in a, the most countercultural, revolutionary person who ever walked the planet. I pray that they would choose to follow you today. They would choose to give their lives to follow you and that they would follow through on it. Uh, and I pray your blessing on them now in Jesus' name, that they would know you, Jesus, close to them, walking with you. And I thank you, Father, for each one that's responded now in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can click on the link. There's a, a, a button in the chat. You can click on that. I'd encourage you to do so because we can give you some resources. We can connect you with people if you are on your own and uh, want to help find someone who can help you walk this journey. But other than that, we are nearly done. There's words of knowledge. The team are expecting God to be speaking to them and uh, uh, listening to him and putting those words of knowledge online. So respond to those. We'd love to pray with you. That's the beauty of what we can do wherever you are in the world. We can pray with you live. We've got live hosts who are doing that. So respond to those words. I felt that there's uh, someone, you, as I brought that word earlier about a, a hopelessness and despair choking, you've physically got something wrong with your, your neck. Maybe there's a cancer diagnosis or there's something going on in your throat and your neck that, that needs healing. I just encourage you to respond to prayer if that's you so the team can, can pray for you. I, I felt there's, uh, there's, there's other people that you, you just need to watch those words of noise because there's words that are going to be for your breakthrough today there's someone you've got real concerns about a child and uh, not these are not just kind of general parenting concerns something's happened in this week that's really concerned you about your child and you just need someone to stand with you and pray and pray for your child if that's you just respond um, and, and uh, ask for prayer and the team will be able to uh, pray for you just Holy Spirit come now just pray for your anointing on these words I pray for your anointing on those that are responding I pray God that your spirit would just be catching people up with what you're wanting to do in their lives. That hopelessness, the despair, the aloneness, the isolation will be broken off and hope would come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just pray for anyone who's facing an uncertain future financially this term. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, that you'd uh, provide jobs, that you'd provide an income. I pray your blessing on their finances in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, do respond to that and uh, be blessed. And I pray that many breakthroughs happen through the prayer. But fantastic. Thank you for being uh, together today. And so sorry that Caroline couldn't make it, but she sends her love. And um, bless you. Have a great uh, Sunday and a great week. And it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for listening.